This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Suyuno Amos. I'm Kenji Cataldo. Today we're speaking with Sergio Alcubilla and Dr. Arce Imasa from the Hawaii Workers' Center. Hawaii Workers' Center envisions a Hawaii where all workers are empowered to exercise their rights to organize for their social, economic, and political well-being. Led by seasoned social change organizers, the Hawaii Workers' Center serves as a resource for information, education, training, and community organizing. They provide workshops on workers' rights, safety, health, protection from wage theft, labor trafficking, abuse and harassment, and other workplace hazards and issues. Here's our interview with Sergio and Arce from September. Okay, so today we have Sergio and Arce joining us to talk about Hawaii Workers Center um, and the work that they do. Uh, Sergio and Arce, do you want to just um, introduce yourselves and tell us a general overview of the work you do with Hawaii Workers Center? Sure. Um, my name is Sergio Alcobilli. I'm the executive director of the Hawaii Workers Center. Hi, I'm Arce Masa. I'm the secretary for the board of the Hawaii Workers Center. I also work as a family medicine physician. Um, I'm based in Oahu, and but I practice both at the community health center of Lanai and also a private clinic in Kalihi, Honolulu. Great. Yeah. Thank you both for joining us today. Um, could we start by? Could you just share a little bit about how the Hawaii Center came about? And, um, you know, what kind of issues you're working around? Yeah, sure. So um, so the Hawaii Workers Center was established as the first workers-oriented center in Hawaii as a result of, of seeing the big need to organize the most vulnerable low-income workers, um, workers who are victims of violations of their workers' rights, like labor trafficking, wage theft, as well as immigrant workers. So in early 2019, several folks from different backgrounds and involvement and advocacy levels for workers' rights, they came together, did the work of identifying the needs and concerns of the non-unionized workers in Hawaii. And after six months of research and investigation into the working class conditions in Hawaii, and many, many one-on-one meetings with various leaders and groups, the Hawaii Workers Center developed its sponsoring committee, um, that is the, go- the governance and policymaking group of the Hawaii Workers Center um, by September, 2019. And as of May 1st, 2020, the Hawaii Workers Center was formally launched. It was virtually launched b- back then because of the pandemic. And there were so many organizations and unions that um, helped launch uh, the center. Uh, Many faith-based and community organizations supported as well, and many low-wage workers participated in it. So now, Hawaii Workers Center is well-supported by so many Hawaii residents. Um, They believe in its mission. They donate funds to the organization, and they have attended many of the meetings and actions that the Hawaii Workers Center uh, does. Yeah, so in the past three to four years, the Hawaii Workers Center has 
launch many campaigns, both education and advocacy campaigns that really fight for the um, rights of the workers in Hawaii. I can add uh, just how I got involved uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, so actually, in, um, you know, our uh, one of our um, founders, Tony Duronio, he, he had approached me kind of just a cold call, uh, reached out. At the time, I was a, a public interest attorney at the Legal Aid Society of Hawaii, and he wanted to talk to me about wage theft issues um, in Hawaii. And, you know, that was something that we had a, a small um, practice in a little bit, but, you know, uh, it was it was great to meet Tony. Uh, he was really a longtime organizer, and uh, you know he had reached out and uh, just uh, wanted to see how we can work together. And uh, he had invited me to be part of our sponsor committee that uh, Dr. Arce had had mentioned. So for the last, I think from from when we first started to uh, around this time last year, I was part of the board, um, and then. Um, you know, Tony was our co-executive director together with uh, Yoko Lirano. Uh, and uh, Yoko did, really did a great job, and Tony really did a great job. But um, I know Tony, um, Yoko moved on to uh, other work, and she's still a member of our board. So I stepped in around this time last year as our uh, executive director, our co-executive director together with Tony, and then uh, now just the full-time executive director. RC, I was curious if you wanted to share also kind of the story of how you got involved with Hawaii Workers Center. Mm, yeah. Um, so I'm, I come from a family of migrants. My family are from the Luzon, so the northern part of the Philippines. And uh, my parents and my siblings, we all moved to Hawaii um, 2006. And then I went to school here. Um, and then I got into the medical school. And then I met... Uh, Tony Doronia, who um, kind of um, initiated the Hawaii Workers Center, as well as uh, John Wittick, um, the legend. <laughs> yeah, so um, they asked me to be part of the the uh, um, initiating kind of ideas of forming the Hawaii Workers Center, and then I fully support efforts like this. So I said yes, and then that's how it started. Yeah, so I was um, doing my um, medical residency at that time, around that time when we were building. So it was for me how I became part of it is really helping uh, make connections um, for the, you know, the core of the Hawaii Workers Center back then with the community, especially with the Filipino communities, you know, folks that I came to know and also the organization um, uh, that I was involved with uh, back then. Yeah, so pretty much that's how I got involved. And now I'm doing kind of like my my part with the Hawaii Workers Center um, based on my belief that, you know, um, a lot of our low-income workers in Hawaii really don't, um, uh, or they have a lot of need uh, in terms of learning about their rights and how we can um, really fight for this. Um, a lot of the education work that needs to be done are still um, uh, out there. Sergio, you mentioned um, wage theft as one of the issues that workers face. Um, and I wonder if you could share a little bit more about more broadly some of the issues that especially non-union workers are facing and then how the Hawaii Worker Center um, goes about, you know, supporting them and um, 
helping them advocate? Yeah, sure. You know, wage theft was one of our uh, initial issues. Um, we understand, you know, sometimes when people are working and they're not getting paid the right wages, they may not know, um, you know, what their uh, recourses or what they could do you know, to get the right wages from their employer. But some of the other things that we've noticed now is just, you know, it's just the sense of dynamics between employers and employee where employers hold all the power. You know, they just tell workers when to come in. You know, they tell them how long they've got to work. Uh, we saw that during the pandemic, especially um, a lot of our frontline workers, right? The ones that were working in the grocery stores, the one working, you know, in the gas stations. You know, we were making them go out there and work during the pandemic. But some of the issues that they were worried about, about their health and safety, um, you know, about what would happen if they got sick. Right. So those are the things that we're seeing now. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, we hear from people where they're scared to call in sick because they know that they're going to lose money or they may lose their job. You know, the, during the pandemic, they were uh, scared to to even get tested for COVID because they were worried about their job. Right. So those type of things that, uh, you know, I wish we could just empower workers to be able to um, to stand up to their employer, uh, you know, to to call out their employers when they're doing something wrong. So, you know, we've seen a lot, um, whether it's from our Filipino community, Micronesian community, um, or just, you know, diff our different immigrant communities, we see a lot of exploitation still, um, you know, making people work off the clock, um, you know, uh, making people work seven, eight days straight without a day off. Those are some of the things that we're seeing and just, and still continue to, to hear from people. Yeah. I'm, Wondering if um, either of you would like to share about uh, any of the big wins or successes that you've seen through Hawaii Workers Center in the time that you've been involved. You know, just, uh, you know, from my time at Hawaii Workers Center, some of the positive wins that we've had that's, I feel like that's really made a difference in people's lives is just having workers being at the center of the work that we do. Uh, you know, coming from direct services, oftentimes, we're the ones that are doing the work for people, right? Um, we're providing the service. We're coming in as the hero to save the day. We're uh, trying to solve the problem for them. But I, you know, I came to realize there's only so much of that that we can do. But what really makes the Hawaii Worker Center different is that it's the workers that are organizing themselves that are coming together. Um, you know, they're the ones that are testifying at the legislature. Uh, you know, telling our our elected officials what the reality really is. They're the ones that are standing up to their employers, telling them that, you know, they deserve a break or that they deserve uh, time off. And, you know, that for me is is it's really different. Um, we have our Maui Tenants Association that one of our organizers uh, put together, organized last year, and they were able to come together and save, um, you know, one of these apartment units in Lahaina that were, uh, you know, they were, that was about to be changed into a, a hotel, but they came together and they were able to push back and they were able to keep it as an affordable um, housing unit. But yeah, for me, it's really just that sense of our workers being front and center of the work that we're doing. They're the ones that are organizing. They're the ones that are advocating for themselves. Their voices are the ones that's being heard. It's not us as the organization that's um, doing it for them, but what can we do? So that, uh, you know, people, we allow people to do what they can do for themselves rather than us trying to come in and save the day. Did you want to add anything, Arthi? 
something I could add to what Sergio said um, in terms of a big win for the Hawaii Workers Center is um, the building of the uh, COFA Workers Association um, specifically. So the COFA or the Compact of Free Association uh, migrants um, have been, you know, they've been in Hawaii for um, quite a while now. Um, and their their migration to Hawaii um, is um, very tightly uh, linked to the, the, a lot of the misdeeds that um, the U.S. government has done to, uh, to their people, right? That's why they, they migrated out of the countries. And um, unfortunately, they contribute to, the, to Hawaii's working poor. And there is a big need to really um, um, be, there, be there with them um, as they learn how to navigate their, their, uh, their presence in, in um, areas outside uh, their country. Um, and there's a lot of need to uh, to support them. Um, for Hawaii Workers Center, I think, um, and I believe that um, it's a huge breakthrough that the COFA Workers Association was formed. Um, so it's it's a solid workers association composed of um, more than a couple dozens of them, um, uh, workers and their families, and they are now able to. Um, uh, kind of design and think what they think uh, would be um, useful for them, yeah, um, in terms of empowering themselves, um, knowing what issues are significant to them, knowing how they can uh, push for what would help them as workers. Um, and their families. So they've been part of the big mobilization uh, in the past couple of years since it was formed. They're always there for the campaigns, both out on the streets um, and also in the um, in the, the capital for legislative uh, advocacies. They're part of the Know Your Rights um, workers trainings. Um, they're, they're out there too, pushing for the unemployment uh, uh, insurance during COVID. Um, so this is really kind of like a testament to how you build a collective power um, for the workers and then have them really uh, design something that would uh, work for them. Um, and that's a model, too, that we want to see in building other workers' association, um, like what we're thinking, um, building like the restaurant workers' um, uh, power um, or also among Filipino uh, workers. So that's in the, the horizon for Hawaii Workers Center. Um, we're learning a lot, but also we think that this is a big um, uh, positive steps uh, towards um, organizing uh, low-income workers. Um, the other one I would say that's a big win, win is the um, Hawaii Workers Center developing the Defend and Respect um, Workers' Rights Coalition, um, that's a big, big uh, uh, coalition of organizations that and support groups that are united um, in one common goal, right? The uh, advocating for workers' rights, specifically the low-income non-unionized workers in Hawaii. So their presence during uh, May 1st, um, 
period um, to highlight the issues that each organizations are taking on and then seeing how they're all like they have the common goal of um, really highlighting the, the the common issues of the workers like you know wage theft lack of support um from the state and from their employees lack of um, education um and other stuff so I think Worker Center, the Hawaii Worker Center is there uh, for them, and we hope to continue that. Could you share more about what exactly a workers association is? And uh, I guess kind of the function it plays um, in in labor organizing compared to, say, a union? Oh, yeah. Um, you want to answer, Sergio? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ars. Yeah. Let me uh, share what I can and then just uh, fill in. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so uh, uh, unions um, in unions, um, they're they're able to uh, do collective bargaining, right, with their with their employees uh, employers. Um, but for the workers' association, um, you're pretty much um, the nature is of that is that they're under the workers' center at this point, but. Um, uh, they're associations, so it is the center that will be able to support them um, if they have specific demands that they, they wanna they wanna ask a certain um, industry or employer, or they can also so they pretty much their support independent groups of workers who are organizing. Um, they they may be able to have the ability to negotiate, but it's the worker center is not going to negotiate for them. Yeah. So you're building their power. Um, they could get involved with uh, politics, but worker center will not be able to, the, to do that for them. Um, so I think the idea for the workers, uh, for the workers association really is to um, build unity and be able to um, show their power through specific campaigns that all members of the organization would like to take on. Yeah. For example, um, the COFA Association, I think um, maybe Sergio can uh, say more about this, but they have a specific campaign against a, um, a tenant, landlord. Um, you can say the history later, uh, Sergio, but that's one example of a campaign that they could take on. So very different uh, in nature with unions. Um, with unions, you have the union leadership that will be able to to decide for, for the whole memberships and then everyone will, will support that and do the bargaining with the, with the employer, um, but not with the association. So they have to... All members have to design it themselves, um, and then the Hawaii Workers Center will be uh, there to support them for whatever they're uh, they want to do. Yeah, and KJ, if I could just add, so you know, the union, of course, is the more formal legal, um, you know, entity, right? But our, you know, our job isn't to get people to form a union. If that's something that they decide that they'd like to do down the road, uh, you know, that's up to them. But it's really it's a space for workers to come together on shared interests, uh, you know, to come up with solutions on their own. Um, you know, uh, for instance, our COFO Workers Association, as uh, Dr. Arcia had alluded, uh, you know, they have their own set of officers. They have their bylaws. It's it's they have a space where they can just come and discuss the issues that's 
uh, impacting their community or impacting them at the workplace. And, uh, you know, one of the issues that, of course, that they're seeing now that's, you know, it's common in the Micronesian community is just the, this issue of slumlords just taking advantage of, um, you know, kind of our our weak landlord-tenant laws that are heavily geared towards towards landlords. And, you know, it's just something that, you know, they, they, they're experiencing that they're seeing. So, you know, when they come together, they talk about these issues and, uh, you know, we're there to help guide them, uh, help them come up with a solution and then help them come up with tactics and a campaign to, um, you know, to get a win. Right. So uh, that's one of the things that, um, you know, that's they're dealing with right now, but it allows them the flexibility. Right. It's not just, um, you know, it's not as, um, what do you call it, structured or um, as, as a union, but it's really just, it's the space for them to start to start to, to talk and understand kind of their, their sense of power as a group. Um, and if they decide to, again, form a union down the road, uh, we've got really good relationships with a lot of our labor uh, unions and labor groups out here, um, you know, and we work together where we can and we try to support each other as much as we, we can. Um, you know, and if groups want to form a union, uh, we're able to connect them with the different unions here. But at this point for us, our focus is really just bringing people together so that they can understand their rights and they can understand, you know, the direction that they want to go. Thanks for clarifying, um, the distinctions between the union and the association. It was really helpful. Um, I'm wondering if you could share now a little bit about, um, your work in collaboration with the Maui Tenants Union and how you've been seeing um, need um, in in Maui and how you've been able to support um, meeting those needs at this time. Uh, sure. I think what was great with um, our Maui Tenants Association is that we had a volunteer organizer, Alan Lloyd. Um, you know, he just wanted to volunteer with the Hawaii Worker Center. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, he was there on the ground connecting with people, uh, talking to workers. And then, you know, when people approached him about some of the issues, uh, you know, that they're facing um, in their rental or even as, as tenants, right, just the lack of um, affordable housing on Maui and just kind of the vulnerability of tenants, you know, that's, uh, you know, he decided they were going to come together and form the Maui Tenants Association. And, um, yeah, they were, they played a big part in, in saving one of the buildings, uh, you know, from being turned into just another hotel for, you know, for profit, but they were able to keep it as, um, as an affordable housing unit. But with, uh, wildfires in, in Lahaina, uh, you know, really the, the tragedy there, um, you know, they were on the ground, uh, you know, they lost one member to, to the fires. They, um, you know, had one build that in that building ended up being destroyed, the one that they had saved. But one of the things that, you know, they've um, really mentioned and, you know, prior to this, they've been having meetings, regular meetings on what they can do to make it easier for a lot of the renters on Maui. But one of the things they came up with is uh, making sure um, that, again, that no one is left behind. And then second, that uh, the ones being directly impacted are front and center Center. So they came up with a letter. It's um, they call it the Just and Equitable Recovery proposals that they sent to um, Governor Green and Mayor Bis uh, Bison. And it's really, you know, the focus of it is on housing and unemployment insurance, um, making sure that, and we're starting to see it now, right? As um, as a lot of the cameras are are leaving, and you know, a lot of the sensationalism that was 
um, there in the beginning, it's, it's starting to wane a little bit, but still people are trying, are concerned, where are they going to be living when they rebuild uh, Lahaina? And then you've also got the trickle down sense of evictions, right? So there's uh, some landlords that are trying to evict tenants that are, that maybe they didn't live in Lahaina, but you know, they're living in other places on Maui, but you know, they're thinking there's opportunity there to rent their places for a higher um, for a higher rate. So they're slowly trying to evict people. And our Maui Tenants Association, you know, they've been uh, on the ground just organizing efforts, um, you know, making sure that uh, the emergency proclamation, uh, the eviction moratorium gets um, extended. Uh, you know, they um, want to make sure that their members or want to make sure that people on the ground are able to apply for unemployment insurance, um, you know, and yeah, they've just been really busy with that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we noticed, of course, um, you know, there's so many groups that are helping. But one of the things that we noticed was, of course, our Kofa community that are being that are being left out. You know, some of them, because of their status, they wouldn't qualify for cash financial assistance from FEMA. So, you know, those are some of the things that, um, you know, we're working with our Maui Tenants Association to see what we can do to make sure that they get the, the relief and resources that they need. And, you know, this thing is not, uh, you know, when we talk about recovery, it's not going to happen overnight, right? But we want to make sure that uh, our renters are, um, you know, our front and center, our center, that the people actually living on Maui are front and center and that they have a voice in, in what recovery would look like. Yes, yeah, we saw some of the um, coverage of the, the rally, um, you know, delivering the letter. Um, I wonder if you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Maui uh, Tennis Association, they held a rally August 24th, um, you know, in Maui uh, to deliver these proposals. And then us here on Oahu, we wanted to uh, just have a sense of solidarity with them. So we did a similar rally at the Capitol. And of course, our COFA Workers Association, uh, you know, they were great and they brought out a lot of their youth uh, from Pacific Voices. So they were the ones that actually took the letter uh, you know, to the governor's office and they delivered uh, the letter to the governor. You know, um, we've had uh, a little bit of um, successes uh, with, the, with, the, with the proposals, but, you know, we don't have everything that um, we need, right? So there's still people that are waiting for unemployment insurance a week, you know, a month out into uh, this disaster. They're still waiting. There's still people that are waiting for some sort of, um, you know, financial assistance so that, um, you know, they can get their lives going again. And we're already, what, four weeks, five weeks out, uh, really, from when this disaster happened. So, you know, it's it's not enough to just deliver the letter, but we also want to make sure that it's being followed through. And, um, you know, we're grateful that our Maui Tenants Association, they're on the ground, they're organizing. And then again, our allies here um, on Oahu are just making sure that we keep the pressure up and you know, at the end of the day, it's just really making sure that the people that need help are able to get the help that they need. Yeah, thanks for that um, correction. I think I had said Maui Tenants Union, but it's the Maui Tenants Association. Um, we just made that distinction, so that was perfect. Um, but I, I do want to add, there is the Honolulu Tenants Union that we also work together with, and um, we're very grateful for them and what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say something that, um, you know, I guess I personally have been thinking about, um is how uh, a lot of the um, community partners that Hawaii People's Fund supports are um, 
you know, before even the, the wildfires and the disaster in Maui, those community partners have always been kind of doing work that is in some way setting the ground to prepare a different kind of system, a different kind of structure. And I feel like this is sort of a perfect example of how um, the Maui Tenants Association was kind of an already existing structure through the work that, you know, Hawaii Workers Center had been involved with in the past. And so that structure was already in place to kind of be able to mobilize in the way that you have been able to in response to the wildfires. Um, and I guess I'm just thinking about all of that and also wondering about what you see at Hawaii Workers Center, what you folks are thinking of as kind of on the horizon, um, you know, kind of main, main issues that are taking focus right now and kind of moving forward into the future? You know, it's, it's just, it's kind of incredible thing for me to see in kind of the short time that I've been involved with the Hawaii Workers Center, um, just this sense of people wanting to get involved or wanting to have a role um, in how their future is being shaped. Um, you know, actually, uh, Hawaii People's Fund was uh, the fiscal sponsor through Hawaii Workers Center for our Walk for Water at Almoana Beach. And, you know, we had over 500 uh, participants participate in that walk. But for me to see people that weren't in normally in those spaces, you know, we had our kapuna that were, um, you know, in, in a lot of the retirement homes coming out, uh, making signs and banners. We had our workers from... You know, the towers here at Cahill Park coming out, their youth coming out, um, a lot of our Micronesian, um, you know, families coming out to support and to be part of that, right? When a lot of times, sometimes we would normally see the same faces or the same or hear from the same voices. But just for people to have um, the sense of wanting to direct what their future looks like. And that's really our vision for Hawaii Worker Center is that, you know, I, I have it as our tagline is that we want all workers to be empowered to exercise their right to organize for their own political, economic, um, and social well-being, right? That's really what we hope. Um, there's actually a really cool quote in our office here. Uh, you know, when I first saw it, it kind of hit me that that's what organizing is really all about. It's from uh, Ricardo Morales, but he talks about, you know, if you give um, a person a fish, you feed, you feed them for a day, right? If you teach them how to fish, then you fed them until, you know, the river's contaminated and the shoreline is seized for development. But if you teach people how to organize, then whatever the challenge is, they can come together on their own and, you know, with their own peers, determine their own solution for the future. Uh, sorry, I'm paraphrasing that quote, but um, for me, that's uh, really telling about what our work for Hawaii Worker Center is about. So uh, that's kind of my vision for the future. Awesome. Yeah, that's, we all really love that quote um, as well. And Arcee, I'm wondering if you wanted to add anything um, to that question about kind of just with uh, so many issues kind of going on, uh, any thoughts on what feels um, really of focus in, in the near future? Yeah, I think the Hawaii Workers Center's task of, of educating and training um, low-income workers is um, the key or the most crucial part of its work, yeah, because 
Um, of course, uh, training and education is part of the organizing. Yeah, um, you you teach them the skills, and then you mobilize them. Like let them take the lead and and do uh, do the 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 struggle for their uh, rights. Yeah, so I think as long as the Hawaii Workers Center um, um, doesn't let go of that that key um, role that it has in the Hawaii community, um, I think uh, it will it will really flourish as an organization and be able to achieve its uh, mission and goals as a center. Because um, uh, it has really unique role in the Hawaii political climate, um, different, uh, it's, it does a different, Task as to uh, compared to unions, yeah. Um, so, I think having <laughs> Sergio really and uh, in, the, in the leadership as executive director, um, we're in good hands there. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, education and training is the key, um, and um, and we've seen this how how right now in organizing the COFA migrants, the Filipino um, workers who are actually in a lot of um, low income uh, work industries, and also the restaurant workers. Those are the kind of like the three main populations where Hawaii Worker Center is focused right now. Yeah, and we're seeing really the the need to do more of the know your workers' rights, um, get them into the campaigns for the unemployment insurance uh, during COVID, um, reach out to more uh, workers uh, in um, in the healthcare, like the CNAs, uh, certified nurse assistants, surgical techs, these are the organizations or um, workers kind of like groups that we still need to reach out to. Um, yeah, I think I think so far, Hawaii Worker Center is really doing a really good job of 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 keeping you know staying to its mission, and it's we're being recognized too by the community is getting more and more popular, um, or um, you know popular to the to the especially to the workers. Uh, we're doing uh, more outreach through media, writing um, uh, op-eds, also writing for the community uh, newspapers, um, all that kind of stuff really helps to to really kind of jump up the, the, the work of Hawaii Worker Center. And, and Sue, can you, can, if I can just add real quick, I, you know, as I'm sitting here, there's the background behind me, right? So these are this is a painting that Yoko did, but some of the things that 100 years ago, child labor laws, um, safety standards, overtime pay, those are things that we kind of take for granted now, right? But 100 years ago, those are, those are issues that people really had to take on. And, you know, it really came from the labor movement, right? But now, you know, some of the things that, you know, people say it's a pipe dream, like universal health care, uh, you know, paid family and sick leave, um, you know, getting rid of the sub-minimum wage, right? I mean, there's a lot of forces that are keeping those things from... Um, you know, from developing and from changing. But I think what's hopeful for me is, you know, just to think that a hundred years ago, 
you know, we were at this level and now we've got to bump it up and go to the next level and just really level up when it comes to the labor movement. And it really comes from workers because it's really that groundswell of support coming up. And I think that's what, uh, you know, I think for me, change is all about. That's how it's going to happen. It's not going to simply come uh, come from the top down, but really when the workers are united and have a sense of um, solidarity towards what it is that they want, then these changes can really happen. Yeah, thanks for that message, Sergio, you know, about both that that kind of change is possible, but that it's, it's not going to be given away for free and that it will really take this this kind of organizing work that, that you all are doing. Um, you know, on that um, note about change, but also this support that's needed, um, could you share um, some ways that our listeners might be able to either get involved or support your work or learn more? Yeah, uh, for one, check out our website, hawaiiworkercenter.org. Learn a little bit more about our organization. Learn more about our incredible board members. You know, we have Dr. Arce, of course. Um, you know, we've got uh, Mr. John Wittick and Reverend Sam Domingo and really some of these legends in the community that, uh, you know, that they've really been pushing for um, change in our community for a long time. And then if you can, you know, donate, um, you know, support Hawaii People's Fund, support Hawaii Worker Center directly. Uh, you know, our staff is small. Uh, we have two full-time staff members and we have two part uh, two part-time. So a lot of us, we wear many hats, right? Um, you know, I can go from executive director one day to, um, you know, meeting a lot of our state legislators to the next day, you know, cleaning our bathrooms here at, at our office. Um, but that's really the nature, the nature of our work. And then second, sign up for our newsletter. Make sure that you know Next time we have some sort of uh, campaign or rally or event, uh, we could really use your support. You know, it takes more than one voice. It takes more than um, just one organization. It really takes all of us, uh, you know, to come together and to make sure that, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, going in the right direction. Uh, you know, people will listen when it's not just one voice, but, you know, when it's really a collection of voices. And, uh, you know, that's really what I'm asking, uh, you know, for our communities just to learn more about our organization support us if you can, and then just join us out, out in the front lines. Awesome. That's a really great call to action. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that either of you wanted to share that we weren't able to touch on in our conversation? You know, I, I, uh, I do want to thank the Hawaii People's Fund. Um, I think uh, Mickey, your executive director, and some of the staff that I've met there, it really shows us a model of what working together in the community is all about. And I really appreciate that from, you know, supporting us annually to uh, supporting the Walk for Water and then now to supporting our work on Maui. So I just want to say a big thank you, a big mahalo really for the, the support and that really sense of solidarity with us. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's really our honor to be able to support this important work that you're doing. So, yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to um, talk with us today about Hawaii Worker Center and the work that you do and um, really going to be carrying forward um, that message of look at the change that, uh, you know, 100 years ago to now and looking at the future. Um, so, yeah, thank you for this conversation. Thank you, guys. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. Revolutionary, what's
A big thank you to our community supporters and to you, our audience, for listening. Ahui ho! Dimpin' and done